Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast. I'm Brian McDonald here at Dude Solutions. Joining me today is Ed Rossich, CEO of Dude Solutions. Ed, welcome. Thank you. So today I've had Ed join me because we're going to talk about a very interesting program we're doing here at Dude Solutions called Employer Value Proposition, or EVP for short. So first of all, Ed, tell me a little bit about what is the EVP program. Sure. EVP, Employee Value Proposition, is just a fancy term used to um, define and implement a, a series of, of culture themes and initiatives. You know, the greatest brands, when you look at the industry, the greatest brands start off with employee culture that then bleeds into how people perceive the company. And we, we certainly have that here with, you know, our, our client base and service orientation um, there's a great book called Fusion um, by Denise Lee Yan, where she talks about some of the greatest brands like Southwest Airlines or Apple or some of the others. When you go into the hallways of their building, you can clearly see the ethos and culture and the employees, and it totally bleeds into um, you know the product or the service they offer. You know, for example, when you think of Southwest Airlines, what do you think of? Friendly, fun employees when I'm when I'm traveling. Exactly right, and then and so she did a bunch of work and roamed the hallways there, figuratively speaking. And their employees, uh, you know, that's their credo. That's the that's how they handle themselves, and it bleeds right into the product. And so we want to get there as a company um, as well. So we've created this employee value proposition um, idea. So kind of how did we get? To where we are today, where we're launching this, like what? Yeah. What were some of the things that brought it about? Yeah. So um, a couple of things. One, uh, we were really fortunate to find a great partner uh, locally in a in a company called Newkind, who helped us think through what we wanted to sort of talk about ourselves as. Um, they helped us with some employee surveys um, that distilled what the employee base thought about our brand. Uh, as well as our own internal sort of speak about ourselves. They also did some work with clients in the past to understand how clients perceived our brand. And then what we did is we took that employee mindset, client mindset, um, took a look at our old EVP, which was around this PROMISE acronym that that nobody here could remember because it was too long and too complicated. And then we sat back as a leadership team and created some aspirational goals to tie into what we eventually created as our employee value proposition. I took a couple extra steps and instead of saying, okay, we got a great partner, a new kind, we've got the leadership team, we got client input, actually went down deep into the ranks of the dude and hit frontline employees and said, if we came at you with these four sort of words, how do you feel about that? We got some great feedback. Employee value proposition, and I'll get to what we're, what our values are here in a second, um, probably when you ask me what they are, but we use it for two things. Um, one, to talk about ourselves internally and what we hold valuable, um, and hopefully that bleeds into how we treat our clients and partners and stakeholders, other stakeholders like investors. But we also endeavor to use this on social networking and recruiting to broadcast and telegraph who we are, what we're about. If you want to work at a company that that espouses these values, hey, we're it. If you want a company that espouses other values, you know, that's okay too. Go find that company because we're not it, right? So we wanted to really telegraph what we were about. So this really kind of almost uh, 
puts a, a flag in the ground or a stake in the ground of like this this is who we are and, and absolutely very clear. this is what we're about this is what we're looking for in retaining employees and and developing leaders and developing it uh, already on board dudes but also as we pull potential dudes into the tent what are we looking for you know from an attribute standpoint and then you know like the southwest or apple or amazon or airbnb uh, you know there she probably covered 15 20 companies in the in the fusion book my hope would be that our evp um philosophies continue and also are enhanced as we treat our clients and others in the way that we want to talk about ourselves if that makes sense so you mentioned a mission statement and mm-hmm. and i've seen it in my past uh, jobs where yeah here's the mission statement and sometimes it can be very long and, and maybe even it's got bullets you know yeah, yeah. and so we've we've kind of gotten rid of that and now we kind of have these values so could mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about what those are and and, and how they're you know, brought through this program to to all the dudes? Yeah, so um, just a little bit of context. We wanted uh, simple words, powerful words, words that people could easily get their heads wrapped around that had both wide meaning but also direct meaning. And so we came up with four words, service, service to each other, service to our clients, service to our other stakeholders, ingenuity, uh, we originally started with innovation, but we felt like that was such a, a small word compared to ingenuity because when people think of innovation, they think of product mostly. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, only 100 dudes are actually in the innovation business when it came to product here. So we thought ingenuity would be more thoughtful that that could be applied to whether you're in operations or, or marketing or whatever that we used ingenuity Um I'm probably dating myself, but, you know, MacGyver, um, the show, right? Ingenuity, you know, turn a gum wrapper into an aircraft carrier type of thing. And we, we want uh, people who are thoughtful and, and ingenious. Integrity. We have a lot of stakeholders that we have covenants of integrity with, whether they're, you know, as a CEO, for example, I have a covenant with the employee base and the families uh, that, that are impacted by decisions um, partners who employ hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Our clients, you know, we have 11,000 clients with, you know, 2 million logins and probably serving hundreds of millions of people at the end game. Got a covenant with them. We have a covenant with, with investors. And, you know, so um, they depend on us to be trustworthy and transparent and, and trying to do the right thing whenever we can. And so that integrity word was really important. And then, the final word, together, another wide word, together is dude nation as a team, but also together with our clients accomplishing cool things, together with our other stakeholders, whether they're partners or investors or vendors or what have you, um, accomplishing um, things together as a team. That whole ecosystem stakeholders is, is codependent in if one of us fails, likely we all fail. Like if our investors fail because of the decisions we make, our clients are going to end up feeling the ramifications. Um, if we don't hold employees, holds the wrong word, if we don't encourage employees to be service-oriented, ingenious, high integrity together, that'll show up in our clients and, and other things. So we really want those four words to be um, baseline foundational words for our, our team. I would agree, and I think um, I think integrity is an important one in the age we live in now, where 
there's so much information and spin right and spin yeah so and and we definitely know and it's not just i don't think it's just millennials i think it's it's any workers kind of want to have a company of integrity nobody mm-hmm. wants to go to work that's some where it's like I don't trust the company. I yep. don't trust, you know, that's like living in uh, communist Russia almost where, yep. you know, you couldn't trust anything. So I think, um, I think it is good that this isn't uh, too lengthy, too wordy. It's very mm-hmm. easy to kind of get in and say, okay, here's how I can apply that in my work. Today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to your point, you know, when trust breaks down, um, bad shit happens, right? <laughs> I mean, in every, every sense of the yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get decisions made. That's yep. for sure. So why should companies like the dude, you know, why, why should they kind of go down this route? I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but there are, there are other things that you see that are real intrinsic values in, mm-hmm. in doing an EVP program. Well, I mean, I think if you, if you state what we're about and reinforce that high-frequency, you know, high-quality high content, et cetera, it really does become sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. I'm just picking up integrity for a minute. You know, I, I fully believe everybody comes to work at the dude with good intention to do the right thing. But, you know, maybe there's a shortcut somebody could take. And if 10 people see a shortcut and nine of them divert from that shortcut because they, they oh, that's not the integrous thing to do. It might be a, a short expedient thing and nobody will know, but it's not the right thing to do then our job is done, and that, that credo has worked, right? Mm. So beyond uh, the headquarters here and, and our mm-hmm. other offices, kind of, you know, what benefit is going to derive from, from implementing an EVP program such as this? Well, I think it unifies us around some core principles. You know, I think that's the key point. You know, whether it's our 12-month vision with the three Ps and our four words here from an employee value proposition the more you can talk about what we're about, the, the outcomes become clearer and we know what our purpose is. There's a North Star involved um, sort of with those four words. So one of, the, uh, one of the key components I see is that there's definitely a big focus on people. And mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about how you're doing that with this program? Yeah, so you know, I see um, the EVP as a central starting point for uh, recruiting and retention. Um, what Dude Nation inside the walls people know is that we launched a 12-month vision with three Ps, um, people, product, and possibilities. And my belief is that product and possibilities are results of the first box, which is people. Software is unlike any other industry that I can think of that we're not dependent on storefronts or robots to weld parts together. Software may be the most people intrinsic business on the face of the planet. Ideas are alchemized to keyboards by people, sold by people, implemented by people, marketed by people, invoiced by people. And if we can get that right, the rest is noise. Smart people, good people, fast moving people will figure out the product issues. They'll figure out our possibilities. So um, that whole people thing is something as a CEO, I, you know, if somebody walked around with a stopwatch behind me, I'd guess they'd say I'd probably spend 40 to 50% of my time working on people, recruiting, retention, culture, stuff like this. I mean, that, that's where I spend the bulk of my time because if I get that right, I don't have to know, I don't have to work in the business, I can work on the business. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of a great quote that uh, one of our local business leaders here, Jim Goodnight, mm-hmm 
who started now the largest privately held software company in the world. But early on, he realized his people were his mm -hmm. most important asset. And I love the quote he had was that his most important asset walks out the door every day at five o'clock. He has to make sure they come back. Yep. Um, so Same I think, yeah, and I, and I think it's great that we're able to have a company in our area that that's been a shiny example and, mm -hmm. and can kind of help us kind of guide of like, how do we get there? How do we become a top company mm -hmm. like they've been for so many years? Yeah. Uh, the other thing I've seen in this program that, and you know, I love it because I'm a communication person, is, is the volume of communication. I have to say what the, the, the volume I've seen in the past five to six months equals what I've seen in other places in five years. And, and mm -hmm. I think that's great because there's less uh, rumor mongering, there's less speculation it's mm -hmm. a lot clearer what's going on and, and who's doing it but how you know how has that been has that been something different than when you've done in the past or is this something that you've always been you know how do we communicate the right message to all the people yeah no communication uh, is something I've always focused on it's probably been more prevalent here because as a as a chief operating officer or or president you know, I, I typically had a CEO partner that that they really viewed it as as their uh, their job. It, you know, I've stepped up here the, the communications frequency. Um, back in my days, I had a, a mentor or two that would tell me like, you know, you got to communicate things seven times, seven different ways, and even then, you're only going to touch about half the half the people. And I, I've upped that. I think it's now eleven different times, eleven different ways, and you still only get about twenty five percent. So that frequency, cadence of, of communications and content of communications is, is critical. You know, whether you do that in memos, emails, town halls, one-on-one -on -one meetings, team meetings, you know, we, we recently lit up that factor fiction, um, anonymous place where Dude Nation could go to ask questions that they might have heard at the coffee machine that maybe they were too afraid to ask at in the open. And you know anything we can do to eliminate heat loss in the building by answering some of the you know the these types of things is, is critical but i'll know my communications job is done when when guys like you or grace run from me because they know here it comes again he's going to keep talking about those three p's and the five things under each one and i'm just sick of it i'll know my job is done when when i got people running away from me because they don't want to hear the same story over and over again that's when i'll feel good <laughs> that's that's a great way to measure uh, yeah. uh, completeness of my it. wife does it she runs from me all the time cuz she knows i only have like three stories so <laughs> i'll make sure that like i'm not in a hurried walk away from you if i'm going to a meeting or something yeah it'd be okay. you might think everything's done yeah yeah i mean if <laughs> if, if you guys avoid me i'll be like yes <laughs> So in going through this program so far, what, what have you learned? I mean, you've, you've had a lot of experience at a lot of different companies, yeah. so I'm sure you've kind of come out of this with something new. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things. There's a, I think, and again, back to Newkind, they really walked us through what I thought was a really thoughtful process. And this isn't just a bunch of people in a room, you know, breathing hot air. There's fact-based data with surveys and discussions and, and then, you know, focus groups around specific words and then you know I think that was the all very valuable I think the other thing that I learned or maybe relearned for the 57th time was there's a huge disconnect between leadership what they think is going on and what they think the culture is and what they think the ethos is and then again I sort of developed a lot of sort of close to the ground dudes really doing the active work 
And I was like, hey, we think the word should be X. And they're looking at me like, that is so not us, right? And, and then you have to sort of calibrate around. And what do you mean by that? And, and so I learned a lot about that. And then I also think um, that repetition piece, just I keep rehitting that, relearning it. You know, we did a, a, we've, we've demonstrated this stuff a couple of times, but I would bet you know, you, Brian, or, or Grace, like a thousand bucks, if I stopped 10 dudes in the hallway right now, three of them would be able to tell us what those four things are. And until I can get that up to seven or eight, you know, our work is not done in sort of preaching the EVP. I, I would agree. I think um, a lot of times when you launch a program like this, you know, you get great acceptance and people kind of nod their heads, yep. but you do have to kind of go back and revisit it. So, for yep. example, in preparing for this, I went back and revisited and kind of wrapped my head around a little bit more and said, okay, yep. uh, you know, I think the other challenge also is like sometimes, like you said, it, it being data-driven yep. versus here's a template. Here's how we're going to fix things because it worked at all these other companies. Well, maybe our culture is different. Maybe our product's different. Maybe our customer's different. So I, I do like that approach that it is data-driven off, you know, what are the feelings of the customers, the stakeholders? Yeah, it was, there was a lot of stuff coming in. While you were talking, uh, one of my 17 brain cells um, fired. Um, one of the things I learned is I had to do a better job articulating what an aspirational goal was versus what reality was today. Like a lot of employees, when I went back and said, you know, I can't remember exactly what word, but say together, a lot of people would say, oh, we're so siloed, we're not together, you know, that's that's not us. And then I'd have to remind them, well, don't forget, some of this is aspirational, where we want to go. And you might not be able to say we're a team together today, but boy, if we're not there in six or nine or 12 months, that means I failed as CEO to, to sort of set the table to, to make together something that people are like, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's us. Mm-hmm. And that's always a challenge in a growing company. Uh, yeah, new people coming well, on totally. board. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm always challenged sometimes when I'm people are like, oh, you work at the dude? Do you know so and so? And it's like, no. Yeah, we're up um, to 700 people now. Yeah, I mean, right? we're up to 700 people. I, I do know my team, and I know some people on the other teams, but it, it is tough to to have those acquaintances um, unless there's certain functions or, or kind of cross pollination of the teams on different projects. But I think at the same time, it's good that we're, we're heading in that direction and people have that understanding and mm-hmm. it's less, um, you know, my, you know, I'm just going to worry about my team and hitting our goal instead of like, okay, this feeds into a much bigger picture and we're right. all part of that. Right, right. So I want to thank Ed for coming in and talking about EVP, Employer Value Proposition today. Ed, thank you. No, thank you for having me. And if your company's interested in learning about this a little bit more, we're going to put links in the show notes. We're going to put a link to the Fusion book and New Kind. Um, and also follow us on social media because we will be rolling this out through our social accounts, sharing it with people, um, kind of like how we're implementing this and, and how it's going to make a difference. So until next time, thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and you can even email us at dspodcast at dudesolutions.com.